All right, everybody, if you've got your Bible this morning, find Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Let me share a word with you today that I believe will be life to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time and opportunity we have together right now. We do look to you to speak to our hearts, to direct our lives, to give us understanding. And Lord, uh, may each person have eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive today to all that you would say and do. Lord, we expect and we're looking for good things to come down from above today, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. Thank you for moving in us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we started a few weeks ago with this new series called Growing Up. All right, and uh, we want to continue with that right now. Ephesians chapter 4, of course, the, Jesus gave the five-fold ministry gifts to us. And in verse 13, Ephesians 4:13, he said, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a mature, a person of full age. He said, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. And so exactly what he's talking about there is, what we're talking about, we want to grow up in all things into Him uh, who is the head, Christ. And so no matter where you're at today, and I'm f- fully aware that across our church body, uh, uh, people are on all different levels. we got those who are brand spanking new, and we got those who've been uh, walking with the Lord for many, many years and have developed and have grown and have matured. And thank God, but I don't really see from the Word of God that there is a person that reaches the pinnacle and no longer is there anything else for them to learn and grow in and understand, okay? We can become a full age. That's attainable. There are mature, grown, fully grown people in the body of Christ. However, we can all learn and increase and grow and experience more. And I'm telling you, you have not reached the end of God, okay? You have not seen all there is to see, nor has He shown you all that there is to show, all right? Many times we don't even know about something that we don't know because we don't know that it exists yet, all right? But uh, I've run across many times scriptures that I read that I knew uh, for many years, and I didn't know there was anything else to know about that verse. I thought I knew it all. But lo and behold, <laughs> there it was. There was something that I just, I just didn't see, and the Lord revealed it to me. And it, it, those things are life-changing, okay? And so we kind of finished last time talking about how uh, in growing up and in being mature, we just need to learn sometimes to get over stuff. A mature person is one who knows how to get over it. An immature person makes a big deal out of everything. Every little issue becomes crisis. All right? And we definitely need to grow beyond that. So we're, so where we're not just panicking and freaking out over every little thing, but we can rationally take a step back, breathe, and deal rightly with people, with 
with difficult people, with, with circumstances that are challenging, even if it is a major crisis or it is a very traumatic event that takes place in your life, you can still step back and say, okay, God's on the throne. His word is still true. We're going to get through. We're going to overcome. We're going to have victory in this situation. And that's an attitude of a mature person. They're not going to freak out. Sometimes you just want to tell people to put their big boy pants on and deal with it. And, and it's time to grow up. I heard a, heard a counseling formula one time. It uh, probably oversimplifies, but you'll get the point. Basically, you've got something going wrong in your life. Number one, admit it. All right. Number two, uh, quit it. <laughs> Number three, forget it. All right, and, uh, and, and don't make a big deal out of it. And there's a lot of stuff in our lives that we can deal with simply that way. All right, just fess up, <laughs> admit it, and just uh, knock it off. And then leave it in the past and move on from there. We talked about, to you about that already, how in order for us to go forward, we've got to cut ties with a bunch of junk from the past. Amen. I encourage you to let things go. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14 with me. 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. We, we looked at this two weeks ago, or at least men, made mention of it. I want to take a look one more time. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 20. I'll wait on you. Everybody got it now? Verse 20, brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. This is what we're interested in. When we talk about growing up, what are we talking about? Well, this is one of the key areas that we are going to grow in understanding. We need to have greater understanding in our lives so that we can be at the place where God can use us to the full, where we can be more of a blessing in somebody else's life. And and how many know that if you are grown up and mature, uh, you make this church better? If you're grown up and mature, you make a better spouse. You make a better coworker. You make a better boss or a better employee if you're mature. You've worked with some immature people, haven't you? And you think, yikes, I sure wish they would grow. <laughs> okay, it just helps everything. I'll say it again. I've said it before and I'll probably say it again. If you're immature in, in regards to what we're talking about, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. But if you've been there for 10 years, something's wrong, all right? And you need to increase and grow from that place. There's got to be change. I started the series this way. I just feel prompted to say it again. If you're the same today as you were 10 years ago, you've missed some steps. You've missed some grand opportunities to grow and increase. Your life should be different. Let's make sure, no matter what happened in the last 10 years or 20 or 2, that the years ahead are going to be fruitful, are going to be productive, and we're going to come out of this thing shining brighter than we ever have before. We're going to be able to handle, be more understanding and more discerning. I know this. This scripture, again, says, be me mature and understanding. That's one of my goals and desires as the pastor of the church is I want to help people have understanding. That's why we regularly and consistently endeavor to put truth in. And I'm praying regularly, Lord, show me more. Give me understanding. Give me revelation. Because I can't tell you what I don't know. (laughs) I can't teach what I don't have. So I've got to be 
growing in this stuff big time as well. And that's why we do the authentic life classes and we present all these opportunities to pour wisdom and understanding of God and of His ways and of His Word and what He's done and what He will do and what's our part. And there are so many facets there. But when a person is grounded in that, oh, it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference in their relationships and their ability to be used by God. Listen, it takes the flake right out of people. Huh? I don't know if you've ever met a flaky person. I met one one time. <laughs> and uh, not fun. <laughs> okay? This will drive that kind of... St- I'm telling you, it'll drive that kind of skittiness right out of a person. That un- instability right out of a person. And it's so nice. And I don't really know what it's like to be beyond where I'm at. You don't really know what it's like to be beyond where you're at. Okay? But I can look back. And I know what it's like to be where I'm at in comparison to where I was. It's better. And just, ha- I'm not, you know, maybe not the sharpest tack. But uh, I do know this. If that's the way it's been up until now, I'm staying on this path. I'm staying on this track because I know my tomorrow is going to be better t- than today. I know next year is going to be better than y- this year. I'm not saying there's not going to be any attacks or problems or hiccups along the way, but I know what God has worked in me up until this point, I'm going to keep going there keep, and keep staying on that path and great days lie ahead. I tell you what, they can be great days ahead for you as well. Praise the Lord. Yes. Don't let yourself even think for a moment that things are going downhill. We know in the world there are some things going downhill, but it doesn't mean you have to be on that road. Hmm. We can rise up above and let God do something tremendous in us to take us up and not down. So we want to grow in our understanding. Now, talking about children and growing up, and these are the illustrations that the Apostle Paul used in the Bible, and we've seen how uh, our maturity in the Lord and in our understanding and character and so forth is likened unto the physical aspect of a child growing up into maturity, into adulthood. And so using those same illustrations today, let's talk a little bit about some things that children must do in order to grow, okay? And I'm speaking children naturally, and then, of course, we can see the spiritual parallel. First of all, a child, when he comes or she comes out of the womb, one of the most important things that they need is They need to eat, right? Get that baby to latch on. (laughs) Very very first and most important thing when the baby comes into life, other than, of course, breathing. Uh, I was told earlier, yes, they must breathe, but I'm kind of not hitting all the points. All right? Uh, But they must learn to eat. And eating is essential for a child's growth. If the child does not eat, It will not live long, and it will not develop properly. Uh, Paul, of course, made specific references to the Word of God being like food. Okay, talked about milk, talked about meat, and how what he said and the words he was bringing was like food to to the believer so that they can develop and grow and become more discerning and have greater understanding. Jesus said in John, or actually in Matthew 4, 4, Quoting the Old Testament, man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so we can see that God's word is actually food for us, just like bread is food for the physical man. This helps the inward man. And so, uh, again, eating is the one, one of the most important elements for growth. And it's not only important that a child eat. How many know it's important what they eat? They need to eat. And, of course, let, let me say this as well. A child, when it first comes into the world, is not going to eat all by themselves. The baby doesn't come out and say, eh, I'll take the jello." <laughs> you know, the baby doesn't know how to eat, doesn't know what to eat, needs assistance. Likewise, when a person comes to the Lord, they don't know how to eat. All right? When you lead a person to the Lord and they receive their salvation, what do they need first? They need food, okay? But they don't know that they need food. They just know, I'm alive, I'm happy, I'm saved, good. But now you need to eat because you won't be so happy in a few days if you haven't eaten. Are you listening? Okay, you're in the family, you feel the love of the Father, you know, you're, 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 you're saved, you feel clean, your sins are forgiven, but you're not always going to feel so good. You think you'll stay saved, but you're not going to feel so good if you don't start eating something. They need help, all right? They need you and I to assist. It, when you lead someone to the Lord, one of the most important things for them, what you need to emphasize, is you need to get in church now. You need to get in church. Why? Because you don't know how to eat. And you need someone to feed you. That's necessary. Say, but can't they just eat on their own? I mean, people can read their Bible. And here's the deal, though. First of all, usually they don't because they don't know about that. They don't know the necessity. They don't realize that their life is, is, is hinging on their spiritual input now. Secondly, if they do read the Bible, they're going to go read Revelation or something. <laughs> Aren't they? Because it's got dragons and stuff. You know, they want to read about end time events, and, and that's fine and good, but they're not going to understand most of it. They're not going to understand what's, what's going on in there, and they're, uh, they're not going to grow by that kind of word. That's the wrong word. Or some will say, you know, well, this is a book. I mean, the Bible's a book. Where do you read a book? You start at the beginning, right? No. <laughs> I, I don't recommend you start at the beginning. I mean, Genesis is pretty understandable, and they can get some things out of there, but, you know, you're going to run into Leviticus. You're going to run into so-and-so begat so-and-so, and an hour later, you'll be like, whoa, <laughs> what in the world am I learning here? I can't pronounce these names. I, nothing like, they're not actually being fed, okay? They need a mature believer's instruction to say, hey, I, let me steer you this way. Read these verses. Read this book. And they need our help. And more important than that, sometimes you just need a meal prepared for you. And that's one of the things that happens in church. That's not only true for, for uh, new believers. That's true to a lesser extent for all of us. But hopefully, the, if you've been saved for a little while, you're feeding yourself as well and not just eating once a week, twice a week. Listen, if you're never reading any of the Word of God on your own, I've got to tell you, you're starving. You don't realize that your spiritual life is, you know, really limited with just that little bit of nutrients that you're getting. I mean, potent, good stuff. Some of you didn't get that. <laughs> high level, high quality, top shelf. 
gourmet, been stewing all week. All right. <laughs> but you still need something in between time. It's necessary for all of us to get more, okay? So, ch- <laughs> amen. <laughs> See, some people are really saddened if they think I'm finished. <laughs> and just a little break in the action. No! <laughs> okay, now, let, let, let's talk about what, 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 what do ch- children not only need to know that they should eat, they need to know what to eat. All right, how many know a child left alone will go straight for the junk food? It's all about candy bars, and it's about, and, and that only goes so far, right? They eat too much of that, and they don't get any real food. They're going to be sick. They're going to have a lot of problems in their body physically. Likewise, that's why it's good for us to be given some prepared food and uh, given some direct intake that will help us spiritually. And I understand as well that uh, grown-ups recognize where the food is. All right, We know where the grocery store is. We know where the good restaurants are. Uh, a, ch- a child, however, might, you know, they think of food. All they see is, <laughs> and they think they can live on that. Eee, ooh, <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> you got to have something more than that, <laughs> right? And uh, again, spiritually speaking, sometimes a child, someone comes to the Lord, and they give their life to him, but they don't know where the food is. They don't, they don't, they think all things are the same. They think all sources are the, are, are the same. No, you Again, a mature believer knows, now this is good for you. This is healthy for you. This will do you well, and it will make a difference in your life. Not everybody knows where to find that, and so again, they need help and instruction. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, Your words were found, and I did eat them. And now I said, I'm reading, I'm quoting the wrong translation. And I ate them, and your word was to me... The joy and rejoicing of my heart. What do you mean you ate the word? That's what we do with God's word. It's like eating. We take it, we eat it, it goes down inside, gives us the strength and the vitality, the nutrients that we need to grow and to have, again, strength and have the ability to live for God and do what he's called us to do. We've got to be those who chew on some good, good, good word. All right, number two. First of all, children must learn to eat. Secondly, they learn to speak. Children must learn to speak. If you haven't now altered the way you speak since getting saved, then you face serious maturity issues, okay? There is a difference in how the world speaks and how a believer speaks. I'm not just, I'm not, even though I guess it can come into play, I'm not just talking about you quit cussing, okay? Although, stop it. (laughs) Um, but I'm not, and I'm not talking about Christian lingo. You know the terminology, Christianese, as they say. Uh, I'm talking about there's a, there's a revelation and understanding that needs to come to all people about the very power of their words. And I know I was saved for a number of years, and I was living for God. However, I came to a point where I found out that what I say makes a huge difference in my life. And when I learned that, you know, my growth went, I just completely took off when I found out that I was not supposed to say everything I saw. I was not supposed to speak out everything I feel. 
that I was not supposed to agree with and give voice to all the negative stuff in my life and around me. And I realized that just as God spoke things into existence, there was great power in the spoken word that he invested that same power in me as his child and I needed to watch my tongue. All right, And I learned because I would, you know, prior to that, if I felt bad, I'd say it. This hurts. I can't do this. This is annoying. This is bad. This is not working. This, and just everything negative until I, I found out that that was driving me down. And that was holding me at a low level in my spirituality. But when I learned, I started making adjustments. I found out from someone who was already grown up how to speak. I found someone who was already mature and they taught me what to say and what not to say. And that I could speak life and health and prosperity and victory, speak words of love and kindness and not agree with every negative thing that's all around. And it really, really made a difference. If you haven't adjusted your language, if you haven't adjusted the way you speak since you've gotten saved, I've got to tell you, you've got some growth days ahead of you and it is going to change everything. I tell you, it'll make such a major difference in your life. But this is, again, one of the things that we need. I know with our children, naturally, our, especially our first child, she was, she was barely out of the womb before she was speaking. <laughs> she, just, she was just one of those kids. Some of you had that as well in your children. She was one of those kids who learned how to speak very, very early and articulate. And at, like, uh, by a year old, was speaking complete sentences and, and very articulate, was speaking well before that. And it was that she would just really advance for whatever reason that was. It's probably me. No, <laughs> I almost gave Amy the credit for that, but I pulled it back at the last second. <laughs> I remember one situation. Uh, uh, Whitley was around uh, another young boy, and she was about a year old. She was around this other young boy, uh, who was a few years older, of course, and then, of course, speaking. And, uh, and she wasn't saying anything for quite a while. And then all of a sudden she asked a question or said something, and it was just so clear and articulate and, you know, proper grammar and everything. <laughs> and uh, I remember that boy going, jumping back and saying, she talks? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was just, just real little. But, however, with our other kids, which they uh, weren't quite so early, but still... Uh, you know, did pretty good, but we, we would always tell our oldest uh, when the younger two were growing up not to talk baby talk around them because there's that temptation to, you know, and just, uh, just say all that stuff. But we wanted them to learn actually how to say things, okay? There's a temptation, you know, like with our youngest, when, like when she says the Pledge of Allegiance, it's just really cool because she messes it up good. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, she knows it pretty well, but, you know, she says, like, to the United States of America, and, uh, and, uh, and she says, to Elizabeth, with, <laughs> with liberty, and, and, and then she messes up the end. Uh, and I got it all on video <laughs> in the capital of the country. So, in D.C., in, on video. All right. Now we can go ahead and teach her to say it right. So, there's that temptation because you just don't want to really want to mess with that because it's so nice. <laughs> However, we taught them, the older kids, you know, or the oldest one, Whitley, you know, don't baby talk around them while they're learning. We want them to learn how to speak right and know how to pronounce words and so forth, okay? Here's my point in all this. What does a young believer need? What does a, 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 a they need to be around people 
who know how to speak. And by being in a good church, by being around mature believers, they recognize that when something hits her, she doesn't freak out about it, and she doesn't let her mouth run wild. She actually speaks the Word of God concerning her life. She gives praise for what's good and doesn't hardly acknowledge the negatives. How many know a person is learning to speak? They're learning to use their, their words wisely. And, of course, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Most assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. It's amazing. The Lord put in us the power of bringing things to pass through our spoken words. And if he said that I'd have whatever I say, I better watch what I'm saying. Because how many know these things work positive and negative? If you believe and say something negative, according to Jesus, you get it. Okay, that's why it's so important that we learn to speak and speak words of life, speak the word of God. All right, here's number three. Children need to learn to eat. They need to learn to talk. They, they need to learn to stand. Children need to learn to stand. They're growing up a little bit now. They're done crawling. Okay, of course, we skipped the crawling stage, so draw your own parallel. <laughs> uh, but they need to learn to stand. And when they first start, of course, they're grabbing onto the couch. They're holding onto mom and dad's finger, and, and, and they're learning to walk, and they're learning to move their feet and get their balance. And, and how many know you can see some parallels there as well? Believers, in the beginning days, they do not know how to stand. They do not know how to stand in the storm when things are coming against them. They, what do they need? Help. They need someone sturdy, someone stable to grab onto and to hold them up. Isn't that what the family of God is about? About we hold each other up, we keep each other steady in times of turmoil, in times of trouble. And, And that's what a young child, here's the deal. I'm not saying by this that if we grow enough, we grow into isolation. We grow to the point where we don't need anybody. I don't think that was ever God's plan that that we're going to grow and then not need anyone. However, especially in those early times, in the immature stages, we need each other even more, okay? And if you've grown and you're able to stand on your own two feet and resist and stand strong and not give in to temptation, I'm telling you, there are some other people who need you. There are some others who who are... faltering in the in in the in the storm and in the battle and they need your finger (laughs) they need to they need someone to grab onto they need some so they need the coffee table around there so they can hold themselves up and that's why we need to be there for each other we are called to stand for what is right when a person matures in god they're not easily tripped up they're not easily knocked down uh thank you lord amen i i remember as a kid i had these toys they were called Weebles Wobbles. Some of you can relate. We can talk later. <laughs> How many know Weebles Wobbles, but they don't? Because oh, <laughs> if you don't know about this, then bless your heart. <laughs> no, but they were these little eggs, little egg-shaped, egg-shaped dudes that were, uh, you know, weighted in the bottom. And so you knock them around, and they bend down. And, but they always come back up, right? And they had these, of course, they were people. They weren't just eggs. Uh, they were people, and so they had the faces on them and stuff. But the faces were always smiling. There's a lesson there. If you get knocked down, don't lose the smile when you go down. Keeping the smile helps you get back up. All right. But that's, again, a, a picture of someone who's been grounded. 
They've been established in the Word. They've grown. They've experienced some maturity. That doesn't mean the storm doesn't come to them. Doesn't mean someone else might not come and try to knock them down. But you know what? Boing. Always coming back up. Always going to be right back where they started because of that weight, that anchor that's on, the, it's on the inside of them that will not let them stay down. And this is about learning how to stand. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. We are told to stand fast. It's one of the elements of our life that needs to be in place. We're not quickly knocked over. At the same time, uh, you know, standing is remaining in a steadfast position, not giving into the temptation to move. Not all of it is about, about some force coming at you or some attack coming to knock you over. Sometimes it's someone trying to talk you down from your position, someone trying to convince you otherwise from your stance of faith and confidence in God. How many know... You know, like, for example, what's going on in California right now? Of course, they passed the, uh, the marriage amendment. But there's a whole lot of ruckus going on, a whole lot of people that are very angry, very bitter over that whole thing. And so they've come to the point where they'll say, if you believe that marriage is and means one man, one woman, then you're a hater. Then you're a bigot. And they try to, they're trying to intimidate, in some cases, use actual physical force. But uh, the most of it is in try to intimidate people and to get them to back down. Well, I don't want to be a hater. Well, again, now, a mature person knows how to keep their stand. So I'm not moved by, you know, you may say these things and you, you may make accusations. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to walk in love. And no matter what this vile stuff coming out of you is coming we're still going to remain strong. A mature person knows how to do that. Not moved by all these accusations, railing accusations that come against the body of Christ and of people of faith, okay? And so we're not going to give in to those positions, those pressures from the world. Be like, that, be like those guards in England that stand at the palace. They won't move. And, you, get, you know, people go up to them and try to talk to them and try to distract them, and they won't be distracted. Why? Their job is to stand. And, of course, if they're needed, they're on call, they're ready to go. But they're going to stand and not be moved. And that's a picture, to some degree, of our Christian life. We've taken our stance in Him, and we will not be moved. We will not be intimidated. We will not be distracted. We will not be swayed. One way. We are going to stand at our guard, stand at our post, and represent life and light and liberty and, and, and strength and, and all the mercy of God. That's just who we are. Not going to be moved. That's a position of maturity. If you find yourself wavering, don't beat yourself up over it. You're growing. If you've given in to pressure, if you've given in to temptation, don't condemn yourself over it. A little more word. And later on in this series, I'm going to get into specifics about how to get to where we want to go. We're still defining it, okay? So here we go. Number three is stand. Number four, we need to learn. A child needs to learn to walk. Every child needs to learn to, rock, to walk. That's part of their growth process, okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by Sight. So we're talking about our growth in faith. Really, you're not going to grow in any spiritual way without growing in faith. 
And that has to do with we learn to live not by what we see and feel and our circumstances and our feelings. We learn to live by the Word of God. Our walk of faith is based upon what the Lord uh, said in His Word and not by, again, natural circumstances around us. Romans 1.17, the just shall live by faith. Faith is not something we do just when we pray or just when we're in trouble. Faith is something we live. All right, every single day we're not moved by circumstances. We're moved only by what the Word of God and what the Lord says. So if you're not living by faith, we could say in one sense you have not yet learned to walk. You haven't learned to walk yet. And it's critical that you learn the faith walk. Is it easy? Well, it'll drive your flesh crazy because your flesh wants to live in the natural. Your flesh wants a physical confirmation of everything you believe faith is that confirmation faith is what produces the natural but it's got to come first you believe and then you see and feel as opposed to the way the flesh wants it I want to see it and feel it first then I'll believe it and that's not faith right okay we'll come back to that that little bit of that point in a later later time number five number five children need to learn to honor and obey. You need to learn to honor and obey. I mean, no, the scripture tells us, and this is right along with natural upbringing. Remember Ephesians chapter 6? Children, obey your, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Uh, also, likewise, when we grow in our relationship with God and mature, um, honor and obedience and respect are some things that are going to come into play. All right, we live in a culture today that really doesn't like this, and it's going cross-grain to the honor of God. God is a very honorable person, and He believes highly in respect, and yet our culture is so becoming, over the last few decades, so disrespectful. People are so quick to call down authority and just be disrespectful of those in, in, and, and even in, in, of each other. And, and it's something that we need to uh, grow up in, okay? No matter what your background, what you've experienced, even if you've experienced a, uh, you know, a person in authority who's let you down, done some wrong things, it doesn't do away with the principle. It doesn't do away with the God aspect of this. You know, I was at the post office recently, and while at the post office, this woman came up to me, and she recognized me from television and she was just overwhelmed and delighted to meet me and she was just going on and she you know she watches the program every week and she just kept going on I'm just so happy to meet the man of God and uh, you know I was like wow you know Thank you. You know, it's nice to meet you, and I'm glad you're enjoying and it's helping in your life. And, and I went on to do post office stuff and then got in another conversation with her shortly because I'd noticed she had an accent, but I didn't really say anything about that. And she came, she, she said, I'm from Greece. I used to live in Greece. I said, oh, I did notice, you know, your accent. And, and I said, wow, that's interesting. I said, my friend here, it was uh, Jeff Schroeder, okay, and uh, Pastor Jeff. I said, well, my friend here, he, he's a minister as well. He lives in Rome. <gasps> oh, she was really thrilled with that. <laughs> and she, of course, wanted to meet him too. And we all talked there. And she wanted him, as before we left, she asked him if she, he would say hi to the Pope for her. 
and uh, and he didn't really, you know, know that he'd have an opportunity to <laughs> pass her greeting along. But, however, there was something very, very honorable about this woman, okay? And I've, obviously with her desire with the Pope, I figured she has probably a Catholic background or Catholic connection or maybe is one. And you know what I thought? Leaving there, Pastor Jeff and I, we ended up, you know, discussing this as we left. And, and I thought, first of all, way to go Catholics. Because there's something going on there. They've put something in her and other people. And I've had many in our church who have come, you know, used to have or have a background in Catholicism. And there's a greater respect that they've taught people. And I thought, that's, that's pretty good. I like that. A lot of people are missing that. And, of course, Pastor Jeff being there in Rome where, you know, in Italy everyone's a Catholic. They were born that way. And uh, not a whole lot of people practice it, but, uh, but a lot of them, they have, that, they have that association and that tie. And many people have come, in, have come into his church and have gotten saved. They come out of Catholicism. And he said that's one of the things about them. He said they're great church people because they're very respectful. And they, they, they honor you, which gives a place for God to move in their life, gives a place for, uh, for, th- for things to happen. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. Because we live in our culture, and I'm not unthankful i'm glad for for where i live but our culture's got some issues with this thing and it's not been it's been more than once that i've been cussed out on the phone you know people calling me as a pastor and didn't like my answer and let me have it and uh, i think well here we are all i ever wanted to do was preach (laughs) you know but I'm telling you, it is hindering people from receiving from God. It really is, because people don't respect what God's doing. And uh, we've even had it, uh, you know, sometimes because cause people call churches when they need help, and that's fine, that's good, we should be an answer. But, you know, we have a, like we have a system in place to help people and checks and balances and so forth when people want, of course, money or, or natural help like that. But sometimes people want to go around the system and so they look in the yellow pages to find the churches, find the pastor's name, go to the white pages, and you know, because a lot of us have listed phone. I shouldn't say this on TV. <laughs> Edit this. <laughs> a lot of us have listed phone numbers. I don't want everyone calling me. <laughs> However, people do that. They're smart enough. And then try to call so that way they go around the system. They don't have to go through a secretary or fill out any kind of form they just want to call the pastor directly and uh and so like you know recently i was uh, at home and i'm studying getting ready for service and, and 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 preparing and my daughter answers my oldest daughter answers answers the phone and she comes in and i said well i'm you know take a message i'm right in the middle of this right now and who is it and i don't know she didn't ask any 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 questions and she went back to to talk t- to him and and uh, she said, you know, he's not available right now. He, he's busy, and they're not happy. She said, well, you could call the church. And, uh, of course, then they basically told, well, not basically, literally, told her where to go and hung up on her. And so uh, be merciful with PKs. You don't know what they all go through. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, there's just, there's just that kind of level of respect that is really bad. 
Okay, and us being in the culture, those things seep into us, and we need to understand as we grow, we get the mind and heart of God, we're not going to be that way. We're going to be very respectful of all authority and of each other and not let this, uh, this commonality thing be uh, in our minds where everything is equal and the same. No, some things are holy with the Lord, okay, and, and we need to recognize what God is putting his hand on and doing in the world today. Let's finish with this. This is number six. Number six, children need to learn to do things for themselves. They need to learn to do things for themselves. There's a time when little Jimmy has to clean his own room, <laughs> clean up his own uh, dinner, ta- dinner plate and bring it to the sink and, and starts having some responsibility. And, an immature person, what do they need? At the beginning, everything is done for them. People pick up after them. They take care of them in every single area and way in their life. But as we grow, we start doing things for ourselves. Okay? We start, we get to the place where we can pray our own prayer once in a while. Again, don't take that as, you saying you can't pray for me? No, I pray for you regularly, you know? Uh, That's a part of being in the body. We have this one another thing going on. However, as a person grows, they learn to, carry some weight themselves they learn to deal with things themselves for a lot of situations and everyone else is not always cleaning up after them they're actually contributing not only to the mess but to the (laughs) to the cleanup of that mess and uh, um, they're not always waiting for someone else to approach them approach them they'll make a first move you know sometimes people say I just wish someone would be friendly with me Wish someone would make a relationship with me, and I, you know, I want this in church. Well, okay, we hope that'll happen. But in the meantime, why don't you go ahead, be friendly yourself? <laughs> Bible says, "He who has friends must show himself friendly." Right? And, and there's some initiative there. When a person grows, they start taking a step. Some people say, "Nobody ever asks me to do anything." I, I mean, I'd be happy to help. No one asks me. Well, volunteer. You know, offer. I would like to help with this. You take, a, take an aggressive step because, you know, not everybody's thinking about you. Sorry. We, we, <laughs> I mean, we, we try, but there's <laughs> a mature person will say, I'm, this is my family. I'm here. I'm going to start carrying some weight. I'm going to start, start contributing because if you've grown, you've let go of the finger, somebody else needs your finger. I'm telling you, and that's what we need to be here for, for each other, and to help each other grow and increase, get stable, get, get grounded, amen, eat, talk, all this kind of stuff, and we'll grow further and further in the Lord, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today. Thank you now for every person, for their life, what you're speaking to us, what you're saying, what you're doing. We believe that you're at work in our midst, and you're helping us to grow and increase in understanding, in malice and evil, we want to be babes. We don't want to know about it. But Lord, when it comes to you and your word and your ways and all the things that you do, we want to be well established and fully versed in the things of God. So our lives can represent you well. We can experience victory and joy and peace. And we can be a blessing. Make our families better and our jobs and our workplaces better. Make our city better. Make our world better. Lord, thank you for helping us to come up and to mature and grow. Oh, I give you all the praise. 
all the glory, all the honor. In the name of Jesus, thank you for it. Father, I do pray for any person here today that's not right with you. If they were to die today.